Hi everyone, it's your favorite host Alvaro here. Welcome back to another episode of the FIFA Play On podcast. Have we got an episode for you this week? In this week's backstage section, we're talking to an Italian singer with some real operatic pedigree. We're going back to a French World Cup for an emotional around the world section and in versus Annie and I lock horns once again in pursuit of the FIFA Play On versus League Championship. It's a good one today. So without further ado, let's jump into our main interview. Hi everyone again, this is the music section of FIFA Play On and we're going to go backstage with a very special musical guest. This week we're talking to Matteo Bocelli. Coming from a musical family, Matteo has been playing music since he was six years old, uh, starting to play the piano. However, Matteo's most startling talent is his voice. Matteo was 18 when he debuted on stage alongside Leonucci and Simi Joe to sing Verdi at the Rome Coliseum in his native Italy. What a debut. Matteo, welcome to FIFA Play On. Thank you so much Ooh. for having me. It's a big pleasure <laughs> for me to be here. So Matteo, before we start, like, tell us a bit about how you started uh, with music. So I was six years old, actually, when I started to study music. I was playing the piano. But of course, let's say that music has always been in my life uh, since I was in my mom's belly. Mm. Uh, as you can imagine, music was uh, in my house 24 hours a day, almost. And so, yeah, I was, I mean, I was born with music. And yeah, today I feel very lucky to have the chance to have music in my life, not only as a passion, but as a, as a job as well. Matteo, one of the greatest things that has happened in football in the Premier League, I don't know how much of a football fan you are, but was when Leicester won the Premier League in 2016, it was really unexpected. And then your dad, Claudio Ranieri, brought your dad onto stage, which made it even more spectacular and amazing. He sung the Nassamdora by uh, Puccini, and it was just epic. Do you think that there's a connection between the epic nature of operatic music and such an epic sporting achievement like that? First of all, let me say that I remember very well that day because I was with my dad and I remember that we met Claudio Ranieri right before the match and all the players. Of course, uh, obviously inside, uh, as you say, the changing room, uh, it was already like a party, you know, because they already won, they knew they would have won the, the league. But that match was still important, you know, because they wanted to close the league with, with a positive score and so result. And that what happened. I remember the performance was very, very emotional. emotional. And yes, I think both opera and and like like an achievement as uh, the Leicester did with uh, in soccer, having common. Um, I mean, success is made by talent and technique, no. And if you want to achieve good results, if you want to achieve like an important. Uh, go. You have to, of course, at, at, at the base, you have to have a talent, but as well, you have to work on it. No, and I think opera wants the same. Opera wants a lot of work, a lot of time, understanding how to use your voice and how to approach to that kind of music. And I think that soccer is a little bit the same. No, you have to know, of course, how to to shoot, but how to as well to approach to the team that you have to play against yeah and I have to say yes I'm a big I'm a big fan of soccer as well <laughs> I remember that I remember that day your 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 father's performance was like the chills that I had I can never forget it <laughs> and Matteo I before I make a total fool of myself I just wanted to know because I, I had the pleasure to meet uh, you and your dad do you remember that we met yeah <laughs> of course I remember that day we were in Germany for a tv show yeah and yeah it was amazing meeting you and it was one of my first uh, tv show experience too 
And then, and then I I saw you even performing uh, in in the place where I live uh, in in Tuscany. Yes. So. Yeah. Oh, really? But in that that time, I I didn't meet you. I, I was just uh just a fan listening to you. Oh, well, was it really, man? That was that when um I because I met you and your dad in in Berlin at that show, but I also met your dad in Forte di Marmi, I think. Eh, Forte di Marmi, yeah. Yeah. Was that where you were at the show also or not? Yeah, the show. Yeah. Ah, okay. Oh my God. Crazy. Oh my, that was, that was super cool. For me, it was, it was really an honor, you know, that you all came to, to watch my show. I was really nervous that day, of course, because, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, of course. And also what I wanted to ask you, because I have a friend, he studied with your dad. He was also learning uh, opera. He, he told me that there was one exercise that stuck to my head. You know, he said, um, he was called Michael. He said, no, when, when Andrea was coming, he told me, you have to be able to sing in uh with the full volume in any position and he said and then your father said you know laying down like this you have to be singing and then, and then he was like he was like oh my god like how does he do that you know he's laying down and he's giving out the super powerful voice do you also have to do like these kind of exercises no let's say that is an example just to say that um when you have the technique the correct technique yeah. of your voice you you're able to sing in any in any position no? because when you make opera you don't sing like in the position that you you like to stay, you know, you prefer you're comfortable in that moment. Yeah. Sometimes in in opera, I mean, you have to act. So sometimes you have to act standing, sometimes sitting, sometimes you may be uh, lying on, on a, I don't know on a bed. Yeah. So you have to be able to to sing in all kind of like position. No. It's an incredible training. I feel you know. <laughs> I wish I had that <laughs> that training and. And I wanted to know, you know, being from a country like Italy, because I, I have a pleasure, you know, the pleasure to tour around Italy uh, so, so much. And, and I love Italy. It's actually my, one of my favorite countries after Spain, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel it has so much history, so much culture, so much, you know, design, so much style, fashion. Um, do you get like a lot of inspiration from, from your own country? Is that, you know, do you think it's an advantage? I think, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm very, I'm very, very close to my country, of course. And, and yeah, of course, I've, I've been inspired always from everything that was surrounding me. And, and of course, yeah, I think that at the end, the results of your, the, the experience of your life are put in, in, in your, in your music, music as well, no? Mm -hmm. Even one of my inspiration, like my of my goal, is to bring all these nuances of like Italian nuances and parties. How uh, do you say parties of Italian Italianity? Yes, all around the world. And I know that this is a very hard challenge, but I will try it. Sure, man, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Matteo, I can <laughs> totally relate. I lived in Turin for just 18 months when I played for Juventus. And uh, it had such a great impression of me when I toured all of Italy, saw the art. Yeah, Italian influence is very, stays with you for sure. So you play the piano, you sing, you, you obviously speak great English. You, you Is there any other musical talents that we don't know about? But let me say that I'm trying to sing in a beautiful way, but we still have to see the result. I studied piano and I don't judge myself like a, a good pianist. I just, let's say that I studied and... Today, luckily, I'm able to accompany myself when I sing. But the word pianist is another thing, no? I mean, mm. yeah, yesterday I had the pleasure to meet Lang Lang. Oh, and wow. Of him, wow. you can tell he's a pianist. If I if I sing in front of him, I'm a pianist, I would be a liar, no? And, that also happens uh, to me when I sing I'm a singer in front of your dad or in front of you. <laughs> no, no, come on. And, and yeah, I mean, a, a third thing that I like to do, but even there, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not good, but of course... 
having the passion for music, sometimes I like to practice with the guitar, but I'm not a guitarist as well. So, <laughs> but you know, it's important sometimes to, I mean, it's always important to learn and try to get better. This is what I always try to do, you know, to, to motivate myself. So you've mentioned the piano and how important that is to you. You've mentioned the guitar. In football, we always talk about, you know, our ultimate five-a-side team. And it's something that we've asked other musical guests. If you had to pick your ultimate five-a-side team for instruments, what would you go for? Uh, in this five, you put voice as well or is a part? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an instrument, right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so uh, saying voice, piano, and guitar, I, I I would I would add, of course, the the drum. Nice. And and a and a bass. And a bass. Because otherwise, otherwise, yeah, otherwise the the other option is the orchestra. But you you're more than five elements. <laughs> yeah. There are many. That's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Too many. <laughs> it's true. You know, you've you've been doing so many things already in your short career, which is pretty amazing. I wrote down some of the highlights that I've seen on your career, just so we can talk about that. You've been performing at the Royal Family, uh, for the Royal Family in London. That is so, uh, quite an achievement. Amazing. Then you appeared on, on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, also incredible. And you were modeling for, for J-Lo, for Jennifer Lopez. Have you ever been like starstruck or what, if, what was the number one starstruck moment that you've had um, in all these situations? But probably like the moment that I remember with the highest, uh, let's say, level of fear, but at the same time of joy, mm -hmm. it's been Sanremo. Oh, great. For many people, it would be strange to hear this from me because, you know, friends could tell me, I mean, but you've been on Madison Square Garden, you've been on a Hollywood Bowl stage. And I understand that those are like incredible stages, no? but like for an Italian... Uh, to perform at Sanremo, it's mm. uh, it gives you like a very strong effect and an emotion on you. I mean, my dad, my dad's uh, career was like started from there mm. in 1994 when he won it. You hear all the stories of of his family that was watching him and supporting him from the audience, no? And so when I went on the stage, I thought, oh my gosh, can you imagine in that day what they felt? And, and also in front of that camera, in front of that central camera. I saw my entire life. No, I saw my family watching me, uh, the friends, uh, the, the teacher that taught you in your life from school, from music school. And so that is amazing. Uh, I mean, yeah, to perform for your country is always particularly special. And I think we, we should explain at this moment, you know, San Remo is, is a is a very Italian thing. I, I know that a lot of people, at least in Germany, they don't really know San Remo. And I'm going to explain it to them in, in the most emotional way I can, because I feel it's worth it. You know, it's, I, I've also performed at San Remo 2017 or 18 or something. When, when did you perform? So I think it was 2019 okay. or 18. Okay. Then I think, then I think it was still, you know, the, because San Remo is just the smallest town <laughs> next to the, to the Mediterranean Sea. And it really, it's just like a little, little village. And then everyone's like packed. Um, you know, all the interviewers are there, journalists, yeah, all the fans are in the city. So you can't even move around. Yeah. Wow. And also, you know, and I know this when I'm trying to release a song, you never release a song during San Remo, <laughs> you know, because everyone in Italy is just watching San Remo those, those weeks. Uh, so it's, you know, just to give you a, a, an idea of how huge this is and, and also the, the, the place, the theater that, uh, San Remo is taking place in. It's, it's an amazing, um, it's, everything is full of fresks. Do you say fresks in English? Like fresky? Fresh, you know? Like the, on the ceilings? 
Yeah. yeah. Paintings, yeah. Amazing painting. So it, it really has that uh, flair and uh, wow, I'm I'm also getting emotional. <laughs> I've got yeah, chills. I'm, I'm getting emotional just talking about it, yeah. 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 Powerful stuff. I'm so excited to to actually hear more of your music and you've got a new album coming out where the debut solo single, uh, Solo, is taken from. Can you tell us more about your album? You must be so excited. So I, I started this this journey, this journey of, of even like writing music because I signed to Capitol um, almost three years ago when I was, let's say, just an interpreter. And they gave me the chance to write with a lot of uh, composers, like starting from Dan Wilson, Gary Barlow, wow. uh, lots of Italian one as well. Amazing. And so I feel I feel so lucky to be like in this beautiful journey. And we got many many songs. And now it's pretty hard to select songs, no? You, I've, you, you may know better than me <laughs> that when you create, then it's very it's very tough to to choose which one to put in the album. Uh, a little bit because. Um, most of the time, all the all the things that you make, you like it, no? Of course, right? Yeah, and man, it's your babies, yeah. man. It's like your little babies. You can't choose between your children. Exactly. No, that's rough. <laughs> I mean, how do you choose? That that must be such a hard thing to do. I mean, you 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 truly have to follow, like I think, feelings. And I know that everything is connecting to your life and to your experiences. Like every song you make, you have to choose the one that probably are closer to you and closer to like a particular theme that gives you like a particular emotion mm. in that moment so i mean the the elements are are many first of all i did the first step so the, the first uh single of my career cool yeah congratulations yeah solo right yeah solo cars and trains airplanes birthday cake cold champagne i would do anything to share it with you I know it could never be the same I'm sending pictures every day Now I'm so far from home I'm feeling solo, solo Missing you with every breath I take Wishing you were with me when I wake Thinking of you, my love it's a pretty emotional opening piece of music as well like were you really emotional recording that it, the, the song talks about uh, a, a theme that it's very uh, moving for me because it talks about a fragile part of my character. It's the loneliness. Since I was a little kid, I was used to see my dad leaving home um, for, like for travel, for work, and was uh, so much the the, say, the sadness when I was mm. seeing him leaving, as much as was the the joy when I was meeting him again when he was coming back, especially from mm. the U.S. tour because we're the the longest. Today I see myself in in the same in the same room, mm. let's say, and I and I feel a little bit of the same now because, especially in the first years, you you get to travel by yourself, and so you'll be missing your family, your friends, and this is not very easy. And, and I think that this song talks about this one, but you know that at the end there's the passion for music that gives you this this power, this energy to to move on and to and to find your way. It sounds, Matteo, like you got to a really vulnerable place. 
in the song like how do you feel about sharing that with the world it is it is vulnerable uh, but at the same time it, you have to find this courage you know to share it with uh, with people because as you get emotion you hope that listeners as well will get emotion with you and i even thought if you if you like to sing you know if you if you if you have a passion for music why you you have this strong sense of bring it out to people and not just like in your house you no know? you could like just enjoy it by yourself and i think that i found i mean one of the answers i found it through the reaction of, of people in, in front of my dad you no know? when i was little and i was looking at these people sometimes even crying you no know? and i was and I was mm. thinking i mean how is is this possible you no know? i mean it's 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 so beautiful i hope like one person can let so many people me like million people feel like better you no know? and touch them in the deepest part of your soul amazing i think that's a very nice uh, way to describe it the the sense of duty and maybe also sense of responsibility because um i feel that you know everyone starts off doing music at home you know for for ourselves because it's fun of course and then once you get this speaker on you know and then you feel that you have a bigger voice then it's and so i think it's the most beautiful thing to use it and you know as you said i think there's i think we we have to be uh, enablers you know we enable people to feel uh, in a certain way and also i think um you know in football it's it's the same there's a sense of community yeah. you know you yeah. go to every bar possible it doesn't matter what bar you go to you just go into one bar and then suddenly everyone's like throwing the table up like yeah. oh, no it's it's not possible and uh, everyone's so connected and and it uh, enables a feeling in you that leaves you feeling much better and 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 in a way of saying wow this is you know this is feelings this is emotions and that's what the world is about you know um super happy man as you said that 100% true. 100% but i think yeah. the, even here the, the the answer is in the reaction and and the feeling of people i know that there's always someone that win and lose but as you for example take the example of the 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 world cup no if you imagine how how happy can be like people watching a, like a soccer match and and the happiness that can bring so to so many people i mean this is fantastic I, i'm a inter fan eh? just to just to underline it <laughs> oh very good <laughs> so you're happy because you you won last year right <laughs> yeah but this year it's 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 tough again it's okay man i understand you barcelona is like not the easiest moment right now no. but <laughs> but it's okay but you enjoyed it for so many years <laughs> oh yeah yeah we did we did we had a huge pleasure with that well man let's continue uh, to a part of the show that is called the quick fire section and i'm going to well we are going to actually throw some questions at you so the first one is what's your first musical memory I have many but for sure if I have to remember one when I started to study music and I was uh, learning how to write down the first notes and uh, yeah it was like a beautiful memory and and then the first time that I accompanied my dad with the piano uh, during a concert beautiful beautiful moments that's amazing man wow that sounds great let's continue quick the next one is what was the first record you bought or downloaded probably when I remember very well was uh, JLo Jennifer Lopez. Really nice. <laughs> okay. The next one is who was your first musical hero? Uh I I put I put my dad if you permit uh because I mean he's he's always been my inspiration since I was a little boy so uh big inspiration artistically speaking and even as a human being. So who is the greatest person you've met thanks to music? Let's say like considering the big 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 success he had 
and usually when i mean unlikely this this job and i mean even many others but when you in general in life when you when you reach like a huge success you you tend to to change yourself and and to be a little bit rude and, and one of the person that i met that let me feel like you were friends since long was Ed Sheeran such a great human being nice what's the best song you've heard this year ha this is a this is a tough question no i'm a big i'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, as well of bruno mars and i think that every time he releases something he makes a masterpiece so yeah even in his last record skate i think he did a great job amazing i almost i totally 100% agree mm -hmm. on that one also uh, leave the door open i think it's a crazy crazy song yeah. so looking into the future um what are your plans for for this next year so a lot of promotion for this single solo and mm -hmm. I'll, i'll be releasing the the album for at for summer we still don't know exactly when but for sure 2022 Can't wait. So a lot of promo and I hope live gigs because we, we really miss it. Sure, man. I totally, I totally feel you. I mean, pff, the live situation is just horrible right now. Okay, so the next question is this, is this kind of question where I, I kind of hate this question where people uh, ask it to me. So that's why I'm going to ask it to you to see <laughs> if you have a better answer. And the question is, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I think that the answer is for everyone is pretty the same. Of course, I hope that I'll be reaching more and more people uh, all over the world because, as we were saying before, music is about to feel let people feel like better or just even a, a little bit sometimes lighter. No, sometimes in, I think that in life, of course, we have to be serious uh, and and everything, but sometimes you even need some light, lighter moments. No, where where you just leave your mind a little bit more light. Yeah, I hope in the in the next 10 years to give them lots of feelings and and positive emotions. 100%, 100%. So the last question we ask everyone is would you see yourself doing anything else than music? Anything other than music? I mean, of course music is the first one and 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 but uh, I mean, of course I think That's a tough question. <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. Let's say that in life you I mean, you have to learn to do Not only what you like, but you have to do, you have to, I mean, in, in Italian would be, nella vita non sempre si, si fa ciò che ci piace, ma bisogna imparare ad amare ciò che si fa. Oh, so the translation would be, oh, nice. sometimes in life you can always do, you cannot always do what you love, but you have to learn to love what you're doing. It's a great saying. So, I mean, in life you never, you never know. But my second passion after music is are like engines and cars. So in the free time, let's say my passion is to to work on cars restoration. Yeah, I'm I'm more I'm more a less theoretical and more pra practical guy. I like to do things with, with my hands. Yeah, we should go driving together then, man. Because <laughs> I I also I love doing that, and I restored an old car three years ago in Madrid here, and and uh, great. I would have no idea where to start. But you just... can no, you can you can always learn. I think it will take more than more than 10 years to learn. But um, that's such a interesting uh, pastime and hobby and passion that's mm -hmm. so different to music. Matteo, yeah. thanks thanks so much for joining us today on FIFA Play On. It's been such a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for your time. Yes, man. Thank you. Grazie mille. Big pleasure. È stato un piacere per tutti noi. Mi piacere. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs>
Mathieu, wow, I loved chatting to him. Well, it's been great, hasn't it? After almost three weeks of action, we are looking forward to the FIFA Arab Cup final on Saturday the 18th of December. This tournament has been so much more than a dress rehearsal for the World Cup in Qatar next year. It's given everyone a real taste of what to expect and a chance to check out some of the amazing stadiums that will host the World Cup games. The Al Bayt Stadium, which is staging the Arab Cup final, is absolutely stunning. Luckily, it won't be long until we see it again, as it will host the World Cup opening ceremony and several matches next winter. This Saturday's game is also exactly one year to the day before the Qatar 2022 final. There have been some fantastic performances and brilliant goals, and it has certainly whetted the appetite for the first FIFA World Cup in the Middle East. It is clear from what we have seen that the top teams from the region are ready to compete with the rest of the world. Okay, it's that time of the podcast again, where we take a trip around the world. This is the section on the podcast we call Around the World. We go back in time to explore one person's FIFA World Cup memories and hear a few stories of what made that World Cup extra special to them. This week, we skip back just a few years to a time that FIFA Chief Women's Football Officer Sarai Behrman remembers particularly well. It's not so nostalgic because it's fairly recent. It's the Women's World Cup in France in 2019. Sarai hadn't long been in her job with FIFA and the opening game was a pretty special experience for her. The reason it sticks out so much in my mind is that was the, the first Women's World Cup that I had been involved in since I joined FIFA. It was the first event of that magnitude that I had attended linked to women's football, which is something that I had obviously been living and breathing for a few years leading up to that. And on that opening day, it wasn't just the women on the pitch that were performing to elite levels. We had this amazing uh, young artist, a French artist, her name was Jane. She did the opening ceremony. It was actually her songs. Now, whenever I hear them, takes me back to that moment and, and resonates with that. And I think it was really awesome. I had the opportunity to meet her as well. She's absolutely massive in France and becoming bigger and bigger in Europe. And I think she, at the time, also really embodied what we were trying to do with that World Cup. I wanna hear your breath just next to my soul. I wanna feel without any rest. I wanna see you sing. I wanna see you fight. Cause you are the real beauty of human rights. The atmosphere was at fever pitch after Jane's iconic performance and the stage was set for France and Korea to enter the arena. And just that moment of the teams walking out onto the field, the full stadium, the noise of the crowd, the flags waving. Sit back and enjoy the 2019 FIFA Women's World Cup. And just looking around and seeing my colleagues, every seat full and just people going off for the women's game. It resonated so deeply with me. I was fully emotional. I'm not afraid to say that I was really crying and it was a big, big moment. <laughs> Here's Henri. Chance! Goal! 
From iconic moments to iconic kits, we asked Sarai if there were any eye-catching fashion moments at the World Cup that year. Yeah, definitely uh, the Nigerian kit. I absolutely love it. I have to say I'm in a position where I often am given jerseys from different national teams and associations. The Nigerian kit, that is the only jersey where I have gone out and purchased it myself uh, since I've taken up this job. Yeah, so I I do love it. I still wear it. And from iconic kits to iconic celebrations, Soraya recalls the moment Alex Morgan scored for the USA against my team, England. I think the moment that really sticks out for me, and I and it has become this iconic moment that is shown everywhere now since that event. And it's polarizing. It's massively polarizing. So it might be controversial. But it's the goal that where Alex Morgan made the celebration of the sipping of the tea. Lovely ball, Morgan. That celebration, it just made this forever moment that is going to be around in women's football. It's like when Brandy Chastain ripped off her shirt after she scored the the final match. I think it was in 99. Like, that is an iconic moment. And I think this tea-sipping moment, like, to witness that live in the stadium and just to see the reaction that it got and has had since, for me, it was that was a big one. It pains me to say it, but it was genius, really. I was on a WhatsApp group with a few former England players and we were all like, did she? Did she really do that? Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, no, she didn't. (laughs) But it's moments like these that make the FIFA World Cup what it is. One woman's villain is another woman's hero. And that year was a special one for Alex Morgan and the rest of the USA women's team as they took their historic fourth World Cup title. For the fourth time, the United States of America are crowned champions of the world and for the very first time they've done it on European soil. It is finished at the Stade de Lyon in the final in victory and joy for the United States. Incredible stories from Sarai there. She really is doing some amazing things in the women's game and I just know she's going to be creating more magical memories at the next Women's World Cup. Now talking of World Cups, if we fast forward 12 months, we're all going to be on the edge of our seats. We'll be entering the closing stages of the Men's World Cup in Qatar. On the 18th of December 2022, we'll find out who the new world champions are. It'll be the 64th and final game of Qatar 2022 after four weeks of thrills and excitement. Of course, France are the defending champions and we have to go back to Brazil in 2002 for the last time a non-European team lifted the trophy. But I wonder if we should expect the unexpected in Qatar, especially as this World Cup promises to be different in so many ways. It'll be the first FIFA World Cup in the Middle East and the first Winter World Cup as well. And you can guarantee there are players, teams and nations across the world that will fancy their chances. They'll believe they have a genuine shot at winning the World Cup. And why not? I don't know about you, but I can't wait until this time next year to find out what will happen. Okay, back to our own epic competition. It's time for this week's Versus Battle. So everyone, we're back and this is Versus. You already know this game because we already played this a few times. But this is the section of our show where Enya and me go head-to-head and we're set a different challenge each week, just like in a football matchup. And the winner takes three points... 
it's one for the draw and the loser gets a really really big zero so <laughs> we're going to add up the points in the end of the challenge and we're going to see uh, you know how the FIFA play on podcast league is going and we'll also see in the end who gets crowned the eventual FIFA play on podcast versus champion so what do we have uh, this week Annie this week we have music and football best of friends the worlds of music and football often combine in some very strange friendships in this versus challenge contestants are given a list of three footballers and three musicians and asked to make friendship connections between them so any i remember that we are tied so it's time to put your skills to the test and uh yeah let's see how you do <laughs> here are the three legendary footballers and three legendary musicians Okay. Your footballers are former England goalkeeper Joe Hart, mm -hmm. three-time FIFA World Cup winner Pele, and Brazilian star Neymar. And the three musicians are 50 Cent, Mick Hucknell from the group Simply Red, and Justin Bieber. Okay, the, the pressure is on. I came ready today, uh, Alvaro, to, to beat you, so... Yeah. But this is tough. This is tough. It, it is. Um, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with 50 Cent mm -hmm. is friends with Pele. Uh-huh. Why is that? I'm doing it almost because I think Justin Bieber and Neymar are friends. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so just by elimination, I think, because I think Justin Bieber and Neymar are friends. Yeah. I don't think Mick Hucknall and Neymar or Pele are friends. Yeah, all right. So I think it's Justin Bieber and Neymar, 50 Cent and Pele... Although that's quite random. Friendships are random too. And Mick Hucknell. Mick Hucknell and Joe Hart. Because uh, they're English, no? Simply Red's a very famous, like, British band. Mm hmm. Yeah. I'm sure, like, they would have bumped into each other at some point through, like, Man City games or something. I don't know. But I, I have a. Yeah, that's my. Those are my answers. Right. Locking the answer in then here. So, Madame Eniola. Uh, the correct answer here is Justin Bieber is friends with Neymar. Yes. That is true. Yes. There's been some videos over there. They're also kind of the same age, I think. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. You know, the, the next two are really difficult. And I have to say this, you know, I also didn't have any idea what, 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 what it was going to be. But I also thought, you know, Mick Hucknell is kind of the same age as Pelé. Mm -hmm. So maybe that makes sense that probably they bumped into each other And that is actually what happened. Okay. And they're actually good friends since 1985. Wow. Um, and then Joe Hart and 50 Cent bumped into each other somewhere as well. They actually became buddies when Joe Hart visited the USA. And, you know, um, 50 Cent just posted a picture. And that's why probably they're friends. You know, because if you, if you post a picture on Instagram, then you're automatically friends. That's I mean, how it works. that's... <laughs> like, okay, bumping into someone and taking their picture does not make them friends. It's the Insta world now. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, any, it's one, it's one point for you because. Okay. I mean, once you get, it's the only option here is to get either one right or you get all three right. So I've got one point. Okay, well that's better than nothing. One point for you. Congrats. Yes. I can see that now. I can see the Mick Hucknall Pele friendship. That that makes absolute sense. Yeah. Okay, Alvaro. Your turn. Okay, Annie. I'm going to give you three legendary footballers and three legendary musicians. Yes. You have to decide the unlikely friendship. So here are your three footballers. Ronaldo, a.k.a. El Phenomeno, the actual original Brazilian forward. Yes, the one with a nice hair. Ronaldo, not the Portuguese. Sue Ronaldo, not him. You got David Beckham and Paul Pogba. Yes. And your three musicians are Jay-Z, Stormzy and Ed Sheeran. But who 
is friends with who? Yeah. I mean, age-wise, the other one was, you know, age-wise made sense. So Jay-Z and Ronaldo would make sense, but also David Beckham would make sense. Pogba is kind of the youngest footballer of the three. I would say... These are unlikely friendships, Alvarez. So age ain't nothing but a number. But it, it kind of made sense, huh? <laughs> the last one. Uh, and, you know, the English connection with David Beckham and Ed Sheeran, but also with Stormzy is very likely. So one of these two guys have the friendship with Beckham. I just don't know. So I would say Jay-Z and Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. um, I would say Stormzy and Pogba and Ed Sheeran and David Beckham. Okay. The scores on the doors is that you have one point. Oh, good. <laughs> the friendship is Jay-Z and David Beckham. Yeah. So Bex and Hover are longtime pals since they met in LA whilst Bex was playing for the Galaxy. Sure. They've been spotted at many sporting events, probably at basketball games together, and David ha even has a tattoo of Jay-Z on his hand, which... Oh my God, that is that's weird. That's weird. That is a bit weird. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the next pairing is Ed Sheeran and Ronaldo, which is probably the most unlikely pairing out of all of them. That's very unlikely. The friendship blossomed in 2015 when Ronaldo went to see Ed Sheeran in Sao Paulo, which makes sense. Ronaldo asked the singer to come back to his mansion to party in his club. He showed Ed the dance routine to one of Ed's own songs. Mm. And your correct answer that you got was Stormzy and Paul Pogba. We know Stormzy is an absolutely massive Man United fan. Paul Pogba's return to Old Trafford was given the full hype treatment with Stormzy performing a full promo video alongside Pogba when the pair traded dance moves. Perfect. I knew that. So it's 1-1. We're starting out <laughs> tired. Woof. Neck and neck. Oh, this is like a really tight game till the end, I think. You gotta be sweating. You gotta be sweating. Nice. That was Who's Friends With Who, Annie, and we are tied again. So let's have a look how the table stands between you and I, Alvaro. Mm -hmm. After five matches, we're neck and neck, seven points, two wins and a draw each. May the games continue. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> What an epic battle. It looks like it's going to be so close this versus league. Anyway, that's a wrap on this week's episode. Make sure you subscribe to us on your podcast app of choice and give us a five-star rating. Don't forget to follow me, Alvaro and FIFA on the socials. You'll get to play along with some of our versus challenges. You'll get bits of video bonus content and you'll get a little glimpse behind the scenes of us recording the podcast. Next week, we're running a Christmas special with some of our favorite bits from the first few episodes of the show. Get in touch with us on the socials and let us know your favorite parts. We might even include them on the show. Take care and we'll see you next week. <laughs>